Welcome to the Round 6 Fantasy Take TV podcast. Another week of a tough week for us boys, I think, but uh, hopefully uh, better things to come. Uh, We've got a lot to discuss this week. The ruck line, what the hell, Grundy's gone down. That's the first thing that we'll get to this week. We'll talk about strategies on how to close the gap, uh, what moves we can make, a few opportunities available. We'll talk about each line, which targets we're looking at in certain price brackets. And we'll talk about rookies because rookies are quite interesting this week. So uh, they definitely need to be touched on. We'll go through captains as w- and whatnot as well. Joining me today is JD. What's going on? George, I'm feeling really good about this week. Very optimistic for what's to come. And I can't wait to get stuck into another podcast with you two. You've been sarcastically positive all week in Discord. He's trying to reverse and, his luck. It's and it's, it's just it's not working. It's, it's not it's not sarcasm. If you say something positive, you'll see something positive. Uh, have you been read, re, he's been reading the secret, have you? Anyway. <laughs> and I uh, uh, I should, I should, I should JD, I should ask, how did you go this week? Uh, <laughs> not uh, to my optimal level, but that's all right. Better days are to come. I think I scored, uh, what was it, 21-2? Was that it? Was that my... I, I wrote it down, George. Okay, what were, you, what were you? What were your Didn't trace? your fantasy team score better? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, my fantasy score team did score better. Yep, 21-50 in that. Yeah, it was uh, 21-1-2. Uh, so I traded out Grundy, Raul, and Horn Francis to Dugowie, Proust, and Petrarca. So lost points and money on that trade, but we play for the long game. As as we always say, stay positive. Better days are on their way, and I definitely feel that's the case with my team. Oh, and boy, how'd you go? <laughs> George, how are you, mate? Um, yeah, look, honestly, slightly worse than JD by about four points. So 2108, dropped a few thousand. So I think, yeah, I'm now, well, you'll, you'll say in a sec, but you're ahead of me now, and Three trades I did was pretty funny in the end. Like, my team will be better shape for it. Not that it's in good shape, but it'll be better shape. Um, it was Bowie, um, uh, Raul, and, and Grundy out to to Bruce, Sicily, and Steele. So, the two primos compared to what JD did actually scored well, but hilariously, the blokes, the blokes I traded out all turned up. So, it was six tons in the three moves in and out. and. Didn't really go anywhere in points, but as I said, I think I'll be better in the long run for those trades. Um, but yeah, who knows? We'll see. How'd you go, George? And when your team is stacked full of talent like yours, of course you're going to be trading out tons for yes. other tons. That's just what to yes. expect from you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they were my only tons all weekend. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Let's just move on. Are you going to do this the whole podcast? <laughs> do what? This is who I am. I'm a positive person. <laughs> Uh, just... All right, so I have to try and keep it together now because of JP. Um, <laughs> I went to the mood that when you laugh, I laugh. I can't help it. <laughs> All right, I went the hold of Sicily. Big tick because I had to pick someone. I went hinge to Hobbs, fail because Hobbs looked in a dead roll. And I went route to Petrarca. So I didn't want Hobbs, but woke up Sunday Gracious. morning. Roses has cuff. I'm like, oh shit, like what do I do here? So it was Hobbs or Perez. Um made the call on Hobbs. Uh did fit my structure a bit better, but um no, I could not have fielded Nick Martin if I went to or I could have fielded him over Lipinski actually, but um I, yeah, going Perez would have meant Nick Martin on the bench. So I went for Hobbs. Uh 
both don't didn't look super great. I think Perez probably looked a little better, but um, we move, we move on. So um, yeah, tough week again. I think we all had Jack Hayes on field, which did not help. So uh, and yeah, Petrarca ton last week. Get the sixteen yeah, this week. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, I think uh, with both Rochelle and Hayes, I've managed to do the same, like miss all the tons apart from maybe one of them, then score all the poor scores. But um, as Michael Jordan says, you know, missed more than 9,000 shots in my career, lost almost 300 games, 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed, failed over and over again in life, and that's why I succeed. And I feel like that's the case with us. Yes, we missed the shot this week, but we will succeed. So let's move on to greener pastures and talk about this week, shall we? I'm trying to be professional. To I'm trying to... Oh, my God. You're so um... full of shit. It's not even funny. But... Anyway, I'll quickly okay. start with Grundy if we'll you want try to. Get I, got it together. The, um, I got the injury yep. up here and, and what they've said. So um, it says he'll miss a number of weeks. And look, I think they're saying two to three months. Scans today revealed that he'll, um, he's got the PCL injury in his right knee. During the, I mean, we all saw it, I think, watching the game. And credit to him, he, he kicked on um, and scored like a 40, 50-point quarter in the last with the knee injury, which is just insane. So good for those that had him that he didn't, you know, sort of peter out and lose more cash. He was sort of able to minimise that damage. But, yeah, he'll be out for two to three months and um, he'll have to go. So um, the question is, obviously, boys, what are you doing in the rock line, George? What do you think? Is it the Bruce season? <laughs> well, you guys traded Grundy, which um, was... yeah. Like, I, I understand because, like, missing out on Sam Hayes cash gen is uh, we really need it, I think. Now, so, yeah. um, well, now, yeah, so oh, I still have Grundy. Um, what do we do with this? So, I think this week I have committed to Clayton Oliver given his fixture, given his price, given his break even, you know, down what 70, 60k from his starting price. Uh, I had planned to get in Oliver this week, I was hoping for 600. Looks like we're paying 620. Uh, one more big game in the next two or three, and he is gone. So I'll be grabbing Clayton Oliver. Now, what does this mean? Like, people want to go to Gorn. If you want to go to Gorn, fine. Um, I think, yeah, Gorn is actually, like, at his starting price again, like 660, something like that. So I'll be running the praise uh, ruck line. Appropriate name. Um, praise the Lord, I need help with this. So it means that, like... I was looking to move on Cherry uh, probably in two weeks. That's not happening because I see Proust at R1, for God's sake, and Sam Hayes at R2. Both had injuries in the preseason, by the way. So uh, a little bit frightening. Uh, the Dixon-Cherry swing will probably be used at some point. So uh, we'll have to hold that on for the time being. But um, if I'm not going to go on, like, I have no idea. What else do I go? Like, what else do I go to? Like, do I go wits? It feels... A bit weird because everyone got wits for 350 if you had him. Um, so I'm going to Oliver. That's my plan with Grundy. It's obviously a must trade. Um, what would you be doing, JD, if you had Brody Grundy this week? Like, who would you yeah. be trading to? Well, firstly, I'd be training my mind to see the good in every situation. And I think Grundy going down is actually a great situation for holders. Firstly, as you pointed out already, he powered through that fourth quarter, put a good parting score on the scoreboard. So you got to be thankful for that. I mean, Grundy copping a lot of hate this year, but outside of one bad score, he's been phenomenal, all right? So we're praising Grundy, first of all. 
Then secondly, it does give you the option to fix your team so you can get the single best cash rookie this week in Hayes. If you don't have Hayes, you've now got your path to get Hayes. So there is a very easy way to turn a negative situation into a positive one and upgrade your team elsewhere. So I am... I think it's a good thing for most teams and most coaches, if I'm being honest. If you've got Grundy and he's gone down, I think it it's is not a, a good thing. I am low trades. I have to trade out another premium now. This is not good. This is not a blessing. Um, uh, I agree yeah. to disagree. Look, I understand. Look, I'm in a different. It depends. Everyone's rock lines like completely different. It's hard to find some people with the same one, but. Um, if you already have another premier, right? Like if you're Gaundy and you weren't going to get Hayes, I can see why, yeah, it is kind of a positive now that you get the Hayes cash chain, as JD said, and and Pruce's. If you go on to the Pruce, Hayes, and then like Dixon and that, that's, I get what George is saying. That's what he's got to do. And that is just super, super sketch. Um, it, it could it be for like the, a month. Yeah. It could be for a month. And do you think it's, Bruce is going to last a month? A month? <laughs> oh, this is to my bias. That this, uh, I'll be having <laughs> well, what's like the Cherry. Bias? Yeah, about five, six. So yeah. I need I need to feel to, like even if Dixon comes back, but like Cherry, Dixon, no, Cherry, Bruce, and Hayes, I'll need to field them as much as I can. Um, and just and like up to it and until it blows up, basically. So, yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's. If you have, you know, you guys have Wits and Darcy. Um, I don't I have, Gorn have Gorn anymore. Yeah. So it's like, I think, I I know Gorn's going to have a really big week and you could definitely go to Gorn, but I feel like it's an opportunity to grab a mid um, because I think Pruce and Hayes are probably better than what you're fielding at F6 and M8 most likely. So uh, I would be going with the Pruce-Hayes ruck line. You know, if you have... Uh, Gorn Grundy, for example, go all the way down to Hayes, go all the way up to take your pick. Probably Oliver, Jack Steele, um, whoever you want. So that's what I would be doing. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully, yeah, definitely don't trade Cherry for the next few weeks as long as he keeps playing. And yeah, I think that's where we go from there. So any objections? No, I just checked it's five weeks. For Bruce, it is until his buy. So, because he's got the first one, I believe. So, if he can get to there and be around 450, 500, it'd be nice. But, um, okay. Yeah. I, I guess uh, the, you have to pray. The, the only question would be so, some people decided not to get in Bruce last week and just get in Hayes. Say they were running Gorn Grundy and they only had room for one. They decided to get the cheaper one rather than the more expensive one. So, it, it won't be many people, but there's definitely some out there. In that situation, would you be comfortable getting Bruce in this week? Yes. I think so, yeah. Yep. Cool. Hurts that you went that way and now you have to go the other way because you think you lost about 100K, but yeah. I still think you do it. I yeah. mean, a good example of this would be George who brought in Brody at 350K and Sicily at, what, 500K last week. So these were mid-prices. You could have got cheaper, but rather than being stubborn, he opened his mind to the possibility that they were keepers and went and got them at still at a very good value price. And they've worked out. And it feels like Bruce's similar vein. He's probably not going to be a keeper, but he could still easily make another 200K and his good points on the field from here. Yeah, it does. Like In the back of your mind, it's like, uh, like everyone got him cheaper. Like, am I actually yeah. achieving anything here? But at the end of the day, I think it's still the, the best play. You know, his break even still negative. He's going to score points on field like a lot better than rookies. So I think it's worth it. And like Drew, uh, 
Proust's durability risk, I think, is worth it um, as much as I hate it. But, uh, yeah, it's just too many points, too much money to be made. And just has to take the field, basically, and he'll make 50K. So, uh, yeah, I am He just got a week off as well. <laughs> that Two probably did him more good than harm, to be honest. Um, but, yeah. So, I think we can move on to strategies to close the gap on the rest of the competition. So... Do we go safe here? You know, do we go standard, play just with your rookies, get your slightly discounted premiums in? So maybe in defense, we'll, we'll discuss which ones to go for. Like maybe someone like around the 520K range. Do we go like for the mids, like the 600s rather than you pay up? Um, or do you go one Connor Rosie, for example, stuff like that? Do you try and go for a massive value pick or do you just, are we going to keep playing the, um, get your proven primos in that are maybe slightly discounted? Um, what's your approach going forward, you know, for upgrading? Uh, look, you don't want to be actively looking for these picks, but like we said before the podcast started, we were just like, are we going to play conservatively, conservatively and go from 30K to 15K and just, you know, wipe the hands off and go, well done, boys, or are we going to actually try and get a respectable rank? Because it's going to be hard to climb. Right? Like, um, we're already probably five, 600 points behind of where you really want to be as far as top couple of thousand and just you know trading in everyone that all the all every all the coaches are going to get they're going to be highly owned and, and all that isn't going to really get you anywhere but you don't on, on the other side just look for crazy value picks and think that you know these can get me you know these can skyrocket me back up it's got to be calculated enough um and I, I guess we'll talk about rosie later but um yeah i'm still going to play the the way i've played super coach for like five six years not going to go too crazy with it but um yeah I don't know, man. Like when it's we're always so far behind. So um, at the end of the day, I don't care if my rank says thirty or twenty. It doesn't really make a difference. It's still bad. <laughs> what do you think, JD? Well, and I, for me, a quote comes to mind, which is the moment where you doubt you can fly, you cease ever being able to do it. And so the question I have to ask you too is, do you believe you can fly? <laughs> Stop this now, please. <laughs> what are you on about? <laughs> Just like my friend MJ, if, if no, you, you got to take the shot. If you want to win, you gotta you gotta believe you can have the ball in your hands and take the shot. So it sounds like Eno's playing safe. He's tapped out. Whatever. No. I'm happy to I'm happy to be uh, Steve Kerr on the bench. Whatever. What's six man of the year? George, you Hang taking on, mate. the shot? Yeah, this one week? of the biggest shots. Steve Kerr. <laughs> yeah, true. It's a good. Thing. I'm going right, with the bad pack, example. Mate. Bad example. <laughs> I'm going with the pack. Everyone else going Clayton Oliver. Go with Oliver. Hopefully, get a decent on-field setup. And I think uh, still got to like be um, sorry to be act like JD here, but try and I don't know if be grateful is the right word, but use what you've got and hopefully it comes good. For example, Lipinski for me, I kind of need that to come good, even though it's not. Um, you know, like Petrarca had a down week, needed. Hopefully, he comes good. So, you know, keep building O'Driscoll for me, stuff like that. So, um, just got to try and stay on track as best as we can. I, I don't want to do anything too outlandish. Like we'll speak about Rosie, like Vlossen scoring well. Like these are too speculative for me, um, but they could work. So I just play the standard way. And, you know, for example, I went for Sicily. I think Sicily was probably the best trade I could have done this week. We'll see how it goes long-term, but 500K for a defensive keeper. Um, it's getting quite tough to pay out for your Doherty's and Sinclair's and whatnot. So um, yeah, try and... 
see with hopefully what I've got does well and I can keep just trading in probably safish premiums. So see how we go. So yeah. just the we risk move of on, just quickly. I think people get caught up too much in in pods and point of difference. It's always floated around. Like your whole team is a collective pod. You the the twenty two players or you know what you field across the across the lines is a pod in itself. No one has the team exact same team that you do. Maybe ten other coaches do, but it, especially this season, like there's a lot of different primos flying around defense, and I guess a forward line's pretty standard, but. You know, you, the whole team is a, is, a, is a pot in itself. They all need to fire, pretty much. Don't just think one pick can just, you know, skyrocket, you know, it's, a, yeah. you know, yourself straight up. So, anyway. No, boys, I do like what I'm hearing because if you've got a plan, you know, the roadmap and the courage to press on, nah, you can achieve any destination. <laughs> and for me, I think it is, you know, the plan, the roadmap is the same one we've always had, which is let's upgrade, get to those super premium teams and hope that that can kind of bring us forward. It always has moved us up ranks in the past. I guess the question is, what is the top position we can kind of end up with starting this far back? And we'll only kind of find that out as the season goes on. The big opportunities, I think, uh, to kind of catch up is you're going to get people that were playing risky ahead of us that will continue to play risky to try and, say, win. And you're going to get some people who pass through that. And then secondly, uh, buy planning needs to start coming into consideration a little bit. It's a great place to make up positions and potentially a lot of work can be done through there. Um, so yeah, I think just continuing to do the the one up, one down kind of um, tried and true method, get get the most out of your your picks and your trades each week and hopefully you can still end with a pretty good position from here. Yeah. So just want to quickly add, I think there's three things you can do. As you said, the buy rounds, planning for it, um, probably not having any more than eight maybe seven in the same buy round, you know, holding guys like they cross through the buys, um, having a good finishing team. So maybe if you've saved trades, you can, you might finish your team a little bit later, but you got to remember like rounds 15 to 23, you might have a better team than other people and probably fixing D6. I think a lot of people running O'Driscoll, who's still okay. Um, McCartan hinge at this position. You can quite easily get 40 points plus a week in this position with a good, Defender upgrade. So I think something like that. I think we can move on though. So moving on to the defense line. Now, is it too early to move on Dacos? What in one word? Me? Yes. Eno? Yeah, for me it is, yep. In one word, I'll say yes. <laughs> okay. It is too early. I think we got asked this question in the discord so a few people you know they're trying to get to jack Steele, they're trying to get to oliver or whoever they want to get to um for me he's going to be useful through the buys and i know his break even is 80 but he's still scoring pretty well he only scored like a 120 a few weeks ago i think might have been afl fantasy 120 i can't remember i was super coach as well one okay so five yep okay so i yeah i definitely hold um i just think i looked at my I said in my video this week, I look at my seven um, seven rookies that scored below 45 and Dacos had his like, what worst game for 70. Uh, I need to get rid of these other guys before Dacos. And Dacos, yes, he might drop a little bit in cash, but I think he'll hover around the same price or possibly even go up more. So I don't think it's worth discussing much more unless you guys want to add anything. Uh, I t so I guess like the thing is, right, people are trying to get Oliver. And so is Oliver a big enough of a must get this week that you would trade out Dacos if that was your only option would be my question one. 
And then secondly, the other options people might have around a similar price are going to be berry and cherry. Would you trade out both of those ahead of Dacos? Yeah. Uh, no, I can see the reason because Cherry has, you know, 30 break even or something, so he can make quite a bit this week. Um, but I wouldn't be yeah. trading. Yeah, I wouldn't be trading Cherry. Um, Berry, I guess you guys, I think you guys have Berry or you've traded him. I, people might still be nervous about his shoulder. I don't think he's got much more money in him. He could have a spike game. It could happen, but... Uh, Probably will once bit, he's gone, but... yeah. So I think yeah. you could hold, but um, I think Barry can. Uh, he's a, if you got him, yeah, he goes. Yeah, the question yeah. probably is harder: Cherry or Dacos? Um, but I'd still say Cherry. I think. Yep. So yeah, JD, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm trading Barry over Dacos just because Dacos in the defense is really useful um, through that buy period. He's also got the last buy like Dacos, so he like you could hold him right through to the end. But it's just that. Dacos at D6 is going to be better than Barry at M8. Yeah. Yep. So we'll speak on some defender upgrades. So for me, I need a defender next week and I need your help. I know uh, JD will put a positive spin on it and give great points on all of them. So are you, if you guys are looking for, I think I know you have five defenders, correct? Got them. And five, JD, man. you have four. I've got five. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, I am Whitfield. optimistically including Whitfield as one of yes. my keepers. Yes. Okay. So say you have four like me and you need to get a defender next week. Are you? Would you be happy to pay up for like a Doherty or Sinclair or would you rather go for a 500k player? What do you think, Anna? Well, we got to go through the options, don't we? Who is around 500k? Okay, like let's talk about them. Yeah. Let's start with Jake Lloyd. Oh, just... Is he a premium this year? Oh. He's not. He's not. Look, he's not top six. I don't think so from what I've seen so far. But get on the other side, there's been there's some guys averaging 115, 120 that I also think is unsustainable, which will come back down. But yeah, with the current landscape, no, I don't think he is. I don't think he is, but he can average still good enough numbers to get you through the season, you know, 95, 100, which is I think what I said, I think he'd average a few weeks ago. So JD, I'm not sure your thoughts, but to, he just hasn't looked as, he needs to get 30 touches, man, to, to go like 105 and he just not getting them. Yeah. So uh, Lloyd this week, I think is tricky. He's still got a reasonably high break even and he plays a good Lions team, which is pretty good at, preventing point scoring but there is some upside in that while he has scored poorly in two of the last three games he's taken two two and six kickouts across those three games and that's because in those games the Swans only had three four and eight points scored against them which would be lower than average of what you would expect so maybe the game just gone where he had six um, kick-ins is probably more around what you'd expect you know maybe seven or eight so it feels like his scores have been a victim a little bit of just the Swans being good, which uh, I don't know, like, you know, because they had North, West Coast and Hawks, right, the last three. So I think there's potentially more upside. It just feels like an awkwardly priced pick given that he's break-even still 122 and we haven't seen any consistent form out of him. I don't hate it just because he's durable uh, and obviously he's got premium scoring in the past, but to Eno's point, there's probably, 
easily six defenders you could list ahead of him um, in terms of scoring for the year. Yeah, I think he's probably going to come down more. I don't think there's any reason to bring him in this week. I think he's a watch because he could get to like 480k and then you can probably go 95 from there. So I think that's okay. But I guess uh, there are much better defenders out there, it seems. Um, I'll get back to Lloyd in a second, but I think we'll move on. Jordan Dawson. So you guys own uh, Jordan Dawson. I watch the Crows every week. I don't really know. I feel like he goes missing a lot and then he just, oh, he's on 100. The game's finished. Uh, Would you recommend Jordan Dawson, JD? As much as I love having Dawson and, and watching him, especially with the game winners and whatnot, it feels hard for him to be a strong recommend as a buy at the moment. So he's averaging a tick under 100 despite being pretty consistent on his scoring. It's just that his role has changed almost every week. And that's the same reason I don't love picks like Houston and Sinclair normally because when you're moving roles and you're really useful for your team so they can kind of chuck you into different spots and and use you in different ways, it's just hard to get consistently good efforts in games which then leads to consistently good efforts in supercoach scoring. So I like him as a player. I still think there's a potential he goes, you know, 110, 115 for the rest of the year if they settle him in a spot. And I just don't know when that will happen. And what do you think? Not much more to add, really. I mean, it's only been six rounds and people, um, like he's 20 points behind Crisp. I was looking, total points. Um, And everyone's thinking Crisp is the greatest pick in the world. So that... Yes, the role thing really hurts um, just because it's not consistent, but he's shown he can score in both of them. It's just that I think the defense role, just the Crows have been, you know, two great wins the last two weeks and he just hasn't been as involved um, in in things that score will score more points. Like, you know, the cheap stuff in the back line doesn't score as well as score involvements, you know, inside 50 kicks for scores, that sort of stuff, which I'd prefer him to be in. So... Like Jada said, probably not recommend right now, but if he, I think the big one I was talking to you boys before is Hinge, like him going out of the team, putting Dawson back, has just sort of, you know, capped him a bit. But if he gets, if they get Hinge back or decide to bring him back and he gets back to a wing role, then then I, I would definitely endorse him um, more. So yeah, see what happens. Sure. But weird, what's your, what's your, like he's not, didn't he come to play midfield? Like that ain't happening. <laughs> he got a few inside mid stints and it, didn't couldn't really get his hands on it, so they mm. kind of like he was struggling early, probably because he was a tad underdone. They threw him behind the ball, and bang, he just started getting involved. So yeah, been behind the ball a bit more the last few weeks. Uh, I think Billy Frampton took all his marks down back and whatnot. So I think he's okay. Um, I'd like to see him move on a wing, and we don't know when that's going to happen because for some reason Hinge didn't come in, which was a little surprising. So maybe maybe if Hinge comes in. Um, Dawson goes on a wing. They feed him the ball a bit more. A bit like Whitfield. Like you can see when Whitfield's playing up the ground, he's just involved so much more. So assist, you love that rather than the sideways yeah. kick to another half back. That just doesn't score as well. Yeah. So, so I think uh, I want to see Hinge come back, but I I don't mind. I think you can do a lot worse than a such a talented player like Dawson. Uh, any interest in Bailey Dale? Bailey Dale was quite good in the preseason. I think he's about five twenty k, averaging the one oh. Five, one, three, something like that. I think he's been good this year. I think he's 
Daniel's probably regressed a little bit. Maybe he's just out of form. I think uh, Dale's numbers have increased a little bit. I think he's gone from 26 touches to 28, a bit more meters gained. Um, just, you know, slight uptick in possessions. I think his fantasy scoring is gone up by 10. It went from 81 to 91, and he's still getting um, almost all of those kick-ins. I yeah, actually big- don't mind Dale, and he's actually one of the few guys on this, on, you know, I go through all the plays, and, like, his durability is... I don't remember an injury for him. So any interest in Bailey Dale? Okay. Can I just ask before that, are you guys trying to target as your last defender? Are you guys looking for like a Doherty or are you guys looking for like whoever's good at the price? Like, are you guys selling a top guy? So I think with Dacos being the option that we want to plug in for D6, I'm speaking collectively. I don't know what Eno's thinking, but um, to me, it just seems like that's the spot I take care of during the buys. Like I'll trade in someone that's coming out of their buy um, before, like before Dacos has his, um, and you know that'll help me get some points, and I'll probably just find a combination of like value and good score at that point. So ideally, it would be a Stewart or a Doherty, for example, but it could also realistically be a Hall if he's at a very cheap price during that point. He's one of my last upgrades. Um, it could be someone like a Dale if he has a bad game, or a, you know a Lloyd if he's. Um, starting to turn in the corner there. So it could be a, a lot of these options. I think it'll just be something that... Uh, this is the problem with going five um, defenders early because even though Sicily was good value last week, I couldn't bring myself to bring in a six defender. It just... Your hands are quite tied. So uh, I think, yeah, I'll just wait until the buys and then pick up uh, the combination of like value and best scoring at that point. Okay. Yep. I don't need it anymore. I, I agree. We've got Dacos D6 and five defenders. It's just, yeah, I'm not touching that. Okay. So Line until maybe, later on. But like, maybe, yeah, like you yeah. said, Doherty, Sinclair, whoever's looking good at the time and, and affordable. So, Okay. Well, yeah, just on Dale. I actually quite like Dale as an option. I think he's. they said he's improved yeah. in the preseason. He's at a decent price. Would I prefer Doherty? Yes. Just uh, price and stuff like that. So, uh, any interest in Daniel Rich? Oh, sorry, sorry. Just one other thing on Dale. Like, I wonder how much of um, his improvement has kind of come from West, uh, from the Bulldogs not starting as well this year. So they've lost much more games than we probably would have predicted at this point. So you've get got more ball down back. I wonder if they turn the corner a bit if you start to see Dale's scoring come back a little bit in those wins, especially you know they've got. Essendon and Port the next two, you'd probably expect pretty dominant wins and maybe that hurts um, his scoring a little bit. I know he did um, all right against North um, scoring 95, but yeah, that's that's the only worry I have there that in some in some of these blowout wins that you'd normally predict for the Dogs, maybe his scoring drops off a little bit. Dogs are struggling a bit. Um, yeah, maybe they turn around. Um, any interest in Daniel Rich who's coming down in price? He's a uh, Averaging somewhere in the 90s this year, I think 98, 95, something like that. Um, was a 105 odd last year. Any interest in Daniel Rich, Eno? Well, we're doing this to help you pick one, and I know you're not picking Daniel Rich, so I think we can. We don't need to speak too much on him. Just getting a bit on in age, has you know a little bit of injury history. I don't know. I don't like the pick. I just don't. Doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't sit too well with me. Um, it's no. been okay though. I mean, 105 was a career year and he hadn't got close to it any other year. So regression is kind of what you'd predict. And that's what we've seen this year. Still taking bulk kick-ins, but 
with Zorko back and now Coleman coming into the side, it's hard to see him having enough enough other avenues for him to score consistently. Um, I don't think he's like played badly or anything. He's looked good from the games I've seen for the most part. It's just that the role isn't as good as what it was last year. So that's a, a pretty easy avoid, especially in a, a older player where the injury risk is elevated. Yep. And last one, people were asking about Nick Vlosson. Played two games, averaging, I want to say like 120-something. Uh, the Tigers are defenders are scoring a lot of points back there. Like Nathan Broad's averaging 100. <laughs> what is going on back there, Eno? Uh, there's a lot of ball back there, mate. <laughs> that's I think that's a simple fact. Um, yeah, they, we seem to be sharing. Like I guess moving it, moving the ball downfield is not easy for us anymore as it was. I mean, we never were like a pick you apart team. We were more like just get it on the boot, get it down the line, or you know handball our way down the down the field. And I think now we're just trying to kick our way down the field, which hasn't really been a strength. But in turn, that just means all these defenders are racking it up. Um, but Boston does do more than that. Like, uh, he probably took like eight intercept marks on the weekend and probably prevented us from losing by 80 points instead of whatever it was. So he does have more aspect to his game rather than just, um, you know, getting getting cheap ball. So there is that with him. But you're not going to like him either, Jules. He's got a pretty average injury history of the last few years as well. So yeah, I know you ain't picking him, but yeah. Somebody asked about him, so I thought it was worth yeah. touching on. But yeah. yeah. Really I think that's, the, I think that's the biggest one is the injury history, to be honest. For them. It hasn't been, it hasn't had a good run last couple of years. Yeah. I think on the positive side, good age range. So 28 in his prime. And he's also been taking a lot of kick-ins, which may worry short owners a little bit, but he took three to shorts two in round five, and then he took six to shorts eight um, in the week just gone. So, uh, like, there's definitely – I don't I don't know um, how, how many kick-ins he's taken in other years. I think he's had a bit, but probably – last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so it's just uh, – from memory, it's always been favoured a little bit more towards short and Hawley than it has been Vlostone. So maybe there's a – like, that's where some of the upside in his scoring comes from this year. More ball down back, more kick-ins, and playing well in, in, in his prime – um, hopefully without injuries. We probably shouldn't have even spoken about him because it's just unnecessary risk at this point, I think. Anyway, moving is, on to the yeah. mid, moving on to the midfielders. All right, so I think we all have. Do we all have six midfielders right now? I actually oh, the trades after trades, I've got six. Yes. Oh yes, after this week. Um, who are we targeting? Which two do we want straight off the bat? No, pick two. Who do you want? I want Brayshaw and I want Sam Walsh or Mills, but I'll say Walsh for now. Although Jane. the Pitternet news might change my mind because it's not the great, okay. it's not the good thing for the car midfield, but yeah, anyway. So I want Steele and Clary, but on value, I think Clary is the clear one. You have six mids and no Steele or Clary, is that correct? So, so after the so I'm trading in Clary this week. He's my but you need, you need him yes. out. So steel and who then? Now who do you want? Oh, um. So I've traded in Clary. I want steel and uh, I've already got Crips, who would be like another obvious one. Uh, no, who do you want? Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm trying to think. I'm trying. I, I there's so many good options in the midfield. I'm just working my way through all of the ones that I want. So steel and. Bray, Shaw, or Walsh, probably. Yeah. Wrong answer. Ben Keys is what you want. 
Uh-huh. Okay, I can't really laugh too much. There's, um, there's a lot of great options, I agree. Um, I've loved Brayshaw's game this year. Uh, for me, I want Jack Steele. I'm going to end up paying 700 after his buy. Um, and I wouldn't mind Ben Keys. I think he's been really good this year. Um, just yeah, disposal disposals are up. It just looks better. Played really well against the dogs. So, um, yeah, I'd like Ben Keys five five ninety k. So, I think we need to touch on Mister Two Hundred this week. Callum Mills. Now, I was hard avoid Callum Mills. He's been getting his leg taped up three weeks out of six this year. Don't think that was a smart idea picking him. Uh, apparently, that was bad advice. Um, <laughs> it's weird because he's shown this sort of scoring. Like he's been on like ninety on like a first half like last year multiple times. Just hasn't put it all together. And he did this from really low time on ground. Like what was it, seventy three? I want to say something like that. Yeah. Are you still like you said you wanted potentially Mills? You know, are you still happy to go for Callum Mills? I mean, he's going to be 700k in two yeah, weeks, I think. So. It, it don't matter he's anymore. Gone. Maybe at the buys, but he's gone for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I knew him last year, as you know, and it was, it was a joy to watch. He just does everything well. Again, we are speaking before podcast, just multiple avenues to score. Gets in, gets contested ball and then gets involved in all the chains. Like, he, he finds a pockets of space. Very well. Get what took eleven marks, you know, most on the team. So he's always involved. Um, he's brilliant to watch. He was unbelievable on the weekend, but he is gone. So good if you have him. And goodbye, Callum. I might see you at the buys, but probably not. But the injury is still a worry. It still has to be because yeah, it's like every week something's up with him. So got to monitor that. But yeah, he's, I don't think we can get him. He's gone. He's six. Yeah. I mean, six thirty. You can. But if, if you have Clary already or something, but um, I guess we should ask that question. Would he, would he be your number one title? If you already had Clary, you started him and you wanted him to trade him this week, would he be the, the number one? No, no, I, no. I'd be advising Crips over him if you didn't have Crips. Okay, um, yeah. Still. I think a lot of people do though. But like uh, out of the low but, owned ones that people, you know, like him or Brayshaw yeah. or... Yeah, so I mean Brayshaw is 40k cheaper. Keys is 40k cheaper. Uh, I think those are probably ones I'd be looking at. Uh, Steel's 20k more. I'd probably prefer Steel. Um, so I think there's probably enough other options that people don't have that... that they don't yeah. risk. I mean, even Petraka, who was a bit of a failed trade-in this week, he's, what, 80k cheaper? Is is Mills going to outscore Petraka so much more that the 80k is worth it? Probably. Now that we brought him. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like at that price, you might as well go for Clary or Steel if you don't have them. And then if not, I guess you could go for Mills, if but I don't do, feel comfortable with his leg injury. Yeah. Okay. So uh, now we'll speak on two other premiums that people are a little concerned on at the moment. So one is Tuch Miller. It's been a very poor starting pick, unfortunately. And, you know, we started Tuch Miller over... Okay, I don't want to say Steel, um, but... Clayton Oliver and um, say Steel, for example. So a lot of people, we picked those. We ended up with, okay, I traded Steel in round one for Crips. <laughs> never mind that. Um, so yeah, took over Clarion Steel. It just hasn't worked. It's cost a lot of points. And now we're bringing in the other two at an elevated price where everyone else can get to cheaper. i not sure if I would bring Took in just because 
I think he looked okay. I think I'd be okay bringing him in. Um, just seems a little off at the moment. His first quarter was just a mess. Gave away a few frees, but he's finished the game really strong. I thought his off-the-ball running was really, really good still. Um, at the contest, he's not really as explosive as he has been. Um, and Gold Coast are not taking as many marks. I think we were looking at the stats. So Gold Coast's marks from 2021 to 2022, I think are down around 20%. You know, he is a lot of, he can take a lot of marks from the ground. That's sort of not in the game style as much this year. Maybe that's affecting Rao. I'm not helping Rao anyway. Uh, would you feel comfortable bringing in Tuke Miller, Eno? I actually would. I just think he's been, look, he hasn't been at his absolute best as it was last year, but he's back to tackling this week. When you give away three free kicks in the first two minutes, we all know it's just really hard to crawl it back. And he and he did crawl it back really well and probably, what, essentially scored 110 if you take, you know, the minus points off. And if that didn't happen, then scaling would probably have him closer towards like a 120 score. So the way he actually played after those free kicks was good enough for me on the eye. The seven clangers and I think his disposal disposal efficiency is just down a bit. I haven't even checked, but it's always 50, 60 this year I'm looking and it just isn't as good as last year if I can recall. But um, yeah, yeah. last thing I'll say on him, it is interesting that, you know, I'll do that Hall of Fame analysis. At the start of the year, he was like 50, 60% owned amongst those coaches, which are like, you know, the coaches have done well over the past few years, yet he only went into the season with like 15, 20% ownership. So that really has hurt a lot of coaches, you know, and the smart ones that went with him. So he's definitely been, you know, he's gone 110. It's not like it's absolute disaster, but there's eight mids going 120 and he's, he's just not one of them. So, but long way of answering, yeah, I actually would be okay bringing him in. Maybe you want one good performance before you do. He's, what's his break even? It's still pretty high. Like it's 130-ish from the top of my head. So it's like. You can wait if you want. You can wait. Exactly. What do you think, Teddy? Uh, tough times don't last. Tough people do. And Took <laughs> is tough. So I think, he, I think he'll I think he be a top eight option from the end of the year to here. It, to George's point, it has been a little bit unfortunate. He went 137 and 140 in his first two. So two weeks in, you're like, amazing. <laughs> he was like one of the top mids. And then it's, yeah, unfortunately got tagged and then, has struggled to regain form. You know, we had the two weeks of that tackling. So, George, I think you are mentioning beforehand that maybe he's carrying an injury and that could be the case and maybe that would be the hesitation to not bring him in. But I do think we saw a pretty good game against a tough line side in the week just gone. Um, not that his fix is particularly easy or anything like that, but I, I feel like it could be one of those games where he turns the corner and um, could even make his break even this week. Yeah, there. Is, by the way, there is no basis for him, like potentially being injured. The only thing I was saying is like I'm trying to get an explanation of why he's not scoring as well or not playing as well. Like, could it be injury? I have no idea. I, there's been no reports of it. There's no reason to think that it should be. It's just, yeah, it's just a bit odd that he hasn't looked anywhere near what he was towards the end of last year. So, um, I, I still feel like okay bringing him in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, honestly, the last quarter was really, really good from him. He was working really, really hard. He still works hard off the ball. Last quarter yeah. was very encouraging, though. I wanted to see that because first quarter, just like, and again, as you said, uh, you know, the disposal efficiency is just not not great this year. Either, I haven't so. checked, but it feels like it's always it, in the yeah, 60s. 
Yeah, it feels every time I'm looking. So anyway, so uh, the final mid, Tom Mitchell, uh, started really well this week and kind of faded out a little bit. For me, I feel uncomfortable because of his coach. I don't think they want him scoring 130 every, or you know, getting 35 touches a week. Uh, CBAs have gone up a little bit. Uh, I think he's just a pass. I think he, it's a pick that can work. I just think there are decent substitutes for him that don't have a risk of roll. So do we agree on that? Yep. 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 There's it's so one that many could, better options. Yeah. It's one that could work. But again, it's it feels like there's risk when you don't need to take some risk with others. Yep. So moving on to the forward line. Now, the forward line was a bit of a dumpster truck this week. Um, kind of a rough week. A lot of the new forwards did well, like Liver and Parker. But, you know, Heaney was down. Tagoe was down. Taranto was down. Um. Dunkley is now F1 again, I think. Uh, actually, it might be English still. I'm not sure, but yeah, Dun- Dunkley should be F1. Yeah. I think Isaac just actually still. <laughs> we, we take that. Um, <laughs> so who, what are we thinking about the full line? Because I think a lot of people have, you know, maybe a Cherry or Nick Martin at F6. So it's not necessarily time to bring in a forward. The big one is Luke Parker. So you look at Luke Parker's durability record. Uh, it is pretty immense, and he's gone probably 100 plus, maybe 10 years straight nearly. I think there might be a high 90s in there somewhere. The CBAs are up again the last two weeks. What was it, like 27, 29 disposals this week for 470k? I love the Luke Parker pick. I know he had a few down games, but um, I think there will be big games. There will be poor games at 470k for Parker. I, hard, I find it hard to believe he won't be near the top six. So. Because of the price, I think he's a great get this week. Um, yeah, uh, up and as I said, could be up and down. I would bring him in if I didn't put such a priority on um, Clayton Oliver this week. Have you considered, JD, looking at Luke Parker? Uh, so I have been looking into him a little bit more just because a few people have kept mentioning him. And I think that... Difficulty is reconciling how he scored so poorly, even though he had games with quite large CBAs. So that round four score, which was his lowest, I mean, he did have his lowest CBAs there, but it was still 38%. The week before he had a 76 with 82% CBAs. Um, so okay. like, I'm just, I'm just a little bit unsure as to why he's been so up and down. I think the positive sign obviously is that trended back up in CBAs this week with the 75% and scored well the last two weeks. His break-even is 53. And so the thing I wonder is, is waiting another week just to get that extra sample size a bad thing? Um, so in Supercoach Gold, they have him projected for an 82, which would put him up 13K. I'm guessing if he goes 100 again, it's probably more like 25, 26K, and he kind of ends up around 500K. You know, would you be willing to... Um, pay 25k for an extra week's data on luke parker or especially given that a lot of us want to get in oliver this week um i see that i see the um i see the appeal the explanation for i mean i don't even see this game but i talking to others what happened was buddy got uh injured in the third quarter with that finger injury and parker spent the whole second half at full forward pretty much so yeah, I think he, I haven't exactly looked at touches by quarter, but he ended on 18 touches and I think he didn't, you know, he barely got any touches in the second half. So um, that explains that poor score. 
But in general with Luke Parker, just knowing him over the years, I think I owned him like five years ago and when he was a top eight mid, averaging only like 110, which is all you needed to back then. But it's just going to be 150s and 80s and stuff. Like he's just so inconsistent with his scoring, but it should end up around 100-ish at the end of the season. So if you get him, you're going to have to expect that and, and know that. He does butcher it quite a bit. He does just hack kick it a lot, but he is good on the inside the contest. But I am still nervous just week to week what his role will be. They clearly want to play more kids in there. Can that change in the future? They get more forward injuries. Is he a forward option? Um, I don't know. There is a few risks with him. But I do get the appeal. They've still got Papley to come back, which should help, right? That should help, yeah. I can see him being used in both. But I I think it's not like Heaney where Heaney's just too good of a forward where they just play him there. Um, we'll see what happens when Papley gets back, but yeah. uh, I think they do need Parker in the midfield. I need they need his grunt work um, to help Mills out. So I suppose they have like Warner can kind of do that as well. But I I can't see them playing like Parker the rest of the year like under forty percent CBAs. I just don't see it happening. I think he can get at least fifty percent for the rest of the year, and I still think that can get him somewhere in the nineties with a bit of upside. So I'd be more than happy to take Luke Parker at his price. I think he's a great get. So I think we can move on to, okay, Tim Taranto. For me, uh, do you have anything positive to say on Leon Leon Cameron, JD? Leon Cameron. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Um, sometimes when things are falling apart, they may actually be falling into place. And that is what I see with the GWS team at the moment. Sometimes things have to fall apart for everything to come together. <laughs> And maybe that comes together without Leon Cameron in the mix. I don't know. I can't tell you that for sure. But that's kind of what I foresee coming with GWS at the moment. So, yeah, I think that's pretty positive. Uh, with the Taranto, his CBAs are just like, it doesn't seem sustainable for him to keep scoring so well with lowish CBAs. So, yeah, I think they were, what, seven and nine the past two weeks, something like that. Um, I, I don't feel comfortable bringing him in, especially knowing, remember, remembering his back into 2020. Um, if you asked me two weeks ago, I probably would have said okay, but uh, Leon Cameron makes me nervous. And uh, they did say they want to use him more forward in the preseason, and we're kind of seeing that recently. So uh, I'll hold off on Toronto. Maybe we'll look at him post-buy. I still think he's good enough to go 90+. Plus. And generally in Supercoach, he should go high 90s, maybe low 100s. So uh, I think he's okay option. I'd probably rather Parker, to be honest, but... Um, yeah, he's actually had good disposal the past few weeks, I think, and he didn't score well uh, last week. So on round six, so uh, are you looking at bringing in Toronto at any point? You know, at any point, yeah, I'll keep I'll keep him in mind. I just not right now. They're still giving mid time to like Tanner Bruin. We know Cogs hasn't had any mid time recently. That could change. So. Don't know. We all said, yeah, wait till Toby Green comes back and see what happens, but it ain't happened on Friday, so we need to wait. We need to wait. And like I said, at the start of the year, I wasn't going to be surprised if he held his price with the forward role because he can't play well there, but the poor games will come and they didn't come for about five weeks, but one did come on the weekend, so they are definitely possible. So, yeah, I want to wait. We need probably mid-time to really want to be into the pick, I would say. I think the hard part um, to predict was how much they've used Tanner Bruin and then Ward getting a lot of like, leading yeah. days. So 
two kind of players we didn't really expect them to be putting ahead of Taranto, prioritizing ahead of Taranto. Maybe been a little bit of a victim of his own success over the first five or six weeks that it's like, hey, actually, we can keep playing him in this role and it's going to work out better for the team rather than him performing really poorly and then going like, oh, it has to be in the midfield or it's bust. Uh, for, for mine, Taranto sits in a little bit of the same bucket as Jack Steele, which is they're currently priced quite high. I'm hoping that after their first buy, which is where they both um, have, that they could be upgrade um, options to me maybe to finish out those lines. Jack's still cheap as hell. He's 650K. No, he's not cheap at the moment. So I'm saying they're both not cheap at the moment. They're both priced highly. So I'm wait- yeah, I, can't, I can't buy them now. I've got to wait until my buys and hope so they get cheap. cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, no, George that, is saying, yeah, that is oh, cheap. He's saying 650 is cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George is That's buying, 40K yeah, okay. discount on the starting peak. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's still too dear for me. What can I say? You're broke. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah and just quickly on that, um, I think we can move to uh, actually uh, just on we'll just speaking about to go away quickly um, before we get to that. But after that, I think we'll just touch on um, is it like should we be waiting for players in their buy rounds like you know, still Walsh and stuff like that? Um, but just quickly, Dugowie, JD, you owned him. I thought he was quite good. Faded out the game a little bit. Uh, completely butchered the ball early game. So I think he's fine. Just bad butcher game. But i probably take... Would you take Parker over Dugowie? Or are you happy with Dugowie? I think oh, it's, it's really tough because I like them both so much. And I actually think I could see myself bringing in Parker next week. I still like Dugowie uh, just because of the CBA attendance still leading the midfield. And there were lots of positive parts about that game. I think the part that concerns me about bringing in Dugowie this week is he's got a slightly um, higher break-even than Parker, if that um, weighs into things. But also, what happens to that Grundy now? Um, how do they shake things up? How does it affect their midfield? There's, uh, I think it was mentioned beforehand, there's actually a lot of our premiums that are now going to be affected by missing Grundy, English, and Pitney. So like Hewitt, Cripps, Crisp, Dugowie, and then all the dogs. Um, and I, like, I wonder if... Collingwood's the one that's probably worse affected of the lot um, just by missing their ruck because he is an influential, more influential tap ruckman than the other two. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I still don't mind to go just because of CBAs, like the, the that support that good scores should come. And I thought, um, yeah, I mean, his DT was much, much higher than his super coach. I, I think it could have easily been a, a, a 100 plus game if kind of things fell into place. But yeah, maybe for this week, Parker would be the better option. And then Dugowie is someone you look at next week to see how Collingwood fares without um, a, a dominant ruck, especially in a week where they're coming up against Wits. So um, they're going to get dominated quite badly there, you'd imagine. Um, so seeing how they how the midfield oh goes. Wits gets another Mickey Mouse matchup. Oh my God. Uh, not know that. This is the joke, this pick. Uh, I, sorry, pick of the year, I, mate. Oh. Pick of the year. <laughs> uh, as they say, do good and good will come to you, George. That's <laughs> you a good point. A fucking page of quotes up. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, okay, just quickly, you know, uh, Parker or Dugowie? I'm actually Dugowie trained, surprisingly enough. You're not? Yeah, you hate him, I know. Um, I like Parker. Yeah. I don't. No. I, I like both, but no, to be honest, with both, if I was trading in right this second, I'm more confident to go in than Parker right now. But I, 
I can stick. I can see um, Parker being the better pick for the rest of the season. Put it that way. Yeah, I think Dugowie's yeah. role is safer, but he's got the worst injury history, and Parker's probably got the runs on the board in terms of um, scoring um, history yeah. as well. Better team, and the Ruckman thing as well shifts it towards yep. Parker too. Yep. Tough. Um, next, but, next yeah. one we have, yeah, next one we have is Heaney. I think you can definitely grab Heaney if you want. I think uh, there's a few cheap options if you want to save a bit of money, which I think are fine. I'd probably go that route to be honest. Uh, Libba, Would he be coming down now quickly, Heaney? What's his break even? One twenty. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Okay. Still a great pick though, but um, there's a few value options available. Uh, Tom Libertore, uh played inside mid when they need. When they're in trouble, they put Liver in the mids, and it generally pays off. He's still their best stoppage player. Um, I don't think I'll bring in Liver, but I think he's. I have nothing against it if you want to bring him in. Um, yeah. It's just so yeah, so many the, mids. the interesting thing with Liver is this is the first week he's led their midfield for CBAs, and we saw um, Baz and McRae and Dunkley all kind of drop in numbers compared to the last few weeks. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that's something they persist with. Dogs still have to figure out their midfield. Um, and so yeah, I'm a little bit worried about what they do with Liver. But I thought he looked really good in the in the game just gone. Yeah. I think well, it was the second quarter, right? First quarter wasn't he wasn't really happening for him. And sec- I think second quarter he got thrown in there. He had like fourteen touches and was dominant. And then I think backed it up. Third quarter had ten as well. So middle two quarters, he had twenty three touches and Turn it on, but yeah, Bevo, who the hell? You don't know what he's going to do quarter to quarter, let alone game to game. So, I think the only other knock on Liber is that he's at 540k or whatever it is. So, uh, um, yeah. like nope. yeah, well, yeah. 535k. So, he's 50, 60k dearer than some of these other options. And I'm, I, I'm kind of Peggy's upside at 105, you know, 100 to 105 kind of average, which is very good for a forward score. But is it that much higher than what you see a Degoy or a Parker scoring? Probably in the ballpark. Um, so yeah, cheaper option seems to make a little bit more sense. But the dog's run is obviously quite good at the moment, so that's maybe one thing that tips it back towards liver. Yeah, and we also have uh, Peter Adams here. So apparently, Sinc- uh, not Sinclair Hickey's not that far off. The three weeks, I think, something like that. Yeah, so yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not going to work until he gets back. Now we have some spicy ones: Connor Rosie. He's now playing midfield. Midfield. Honestly, watching him play, I'm just thinking, what the hell has he been doing forward for the past few years? I was really impressed with him. I think contested ball numbers were pretty low against Carlton, which is slightly concerning, um, but still had a lot of touches, one clearances. I really liked what he was bringing around the ground. You just saw him, his speed and acceleration. is just It's just really good to watch. So... Rosie is about 390k, something like that. I am doing this in fantasy for sure. I, I like what I've seen. Uh, I, I'm i not going to send it in Supercoach though. I don't know if this is sustainable or not. Uh, Anno, what are your thoughts on Rosie? I've been really, really impressed. Like you said, I think, yeah, what, is, what has he been not been doing there? But I think the reason was that foot injury. You know, you, you can nurse through something like that playing forward, not, you know, bog midfield time. But again, he didn't start the season playing this role. So, yeah. Second half of the Carlton game, they're, what, down 50 points. 
him, Butters, and Willem Drew walked out to the center center circle, and and that was their that was their go for the pretty much the whole second half. Obviously, Boak and and whatnot still rolled in there, um, and Wines wasn't playing, but. Yeah, he had 15 or 16 touches in that second half. Um, like you said, the contested ball numbers were low, but he only played a half of midfield time. And then the week just gone, again, it was against West Coast, but he was superb, 31 touches with 15 contested. Played the full game in there and, um, again, looked really good. But it is it is a very small sample size, a game and a half. Um, and against Price, West Coast. And against West Coast. The Carlton second half performance is good. I mean, they almost won that game off the back of him mm. and Butters. So that's the more impressive half for me. But um, I don't mind it. Uh, my One of my mates has the dilemma of Grundy out, of course, has, so he has to trade him. Still wants to get Clary. And then through, I think, Horn Francis and someone else, he'll be getting Clary, Sam Hayes, and then can I think he has like 420 in the bank and can get Rosie. Like, is that optimal? So you're still getting kind of two... Primos, you know, you're doing an upgrade, but you're side swapping Grundy to Clary. I can see a lot of people are in that sort of situation where they're not going to have 500 to get someone or four, high 400s to get someone good. Would you opt for Rosie then? I mean, what's his break even is negative 13. So at worst, he's going to hold price. He's not going to drop. Um, oh, but at the run worst, is he's still going 50k. Going up 50k. Yeah. yeah. The issue is, what is it, St. Kilda and Geelong or St. Kilda and someone? And then St. Kilda, Dogs, and then North. Dogs. So the first, next two are tough, but then you get the North game once his break-even sort of resets and that 150 goes. I don't mind it. I like it. If that's all you can sort of get and afford, I mean, hell, what, <laughs> everything's working so far. Why the hell can't this? <laughs> I'd rather pay 70k for Parker. Correct. But I understand your mates in a, yeah, I understand that. And I can see a lot of people in that because Grundy's obviously not as much as he was. Clary's held up as much as he did, didn't drop as much as we thought he would. Um, So it's an interesting one. But I think my biggest worry with him is the injury side of it. How's the foot tracking? Because that did hamper him quite a lot. Um, You have to imagine this role continues, right, JD? Like, they, they... of course, it can change, but what's Kenny got? They're one and five. They got to throw him and Butters in the mids. You'd think when they can. Boke's getting on. Oh, he's still playing really well, but he's playing forward the last two weeks. It's got to continue, doesn't it? It's it's tricky because once again, by the way, another team that has a poorer ruck playing for them, so it might be affecting <laughs> Primos. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously not Rosie because he's only had the two games in the both them with Hayes in the midfield. But yeah, their midfield composition's interesting because they had kind of Boak, Drew, and Wines as like the three meaty boys in the midfield. And then you've got Butters and Rosie that both offer different X Factor speed, uh, much like how Gresham kind of changes things for St. Kilda's midfield. And to my eye, they've looked much better when Butters and Rosie in their respective weeks have been in the midfield. So you'd imagine they're going to persist with that and getting them more in. Can they play both at the stoppage um, is like a question. I, I don't know. And if they can't, then do they have a preference? Because maybe it's one of those things where when they're both up and firing, they're both getting 45, 50% CBAs, which is all right, but is it's not amazing. I mean, he's still going to return um, points at his price for sure. The only other thing with Rosie is that he does share the buy 
that first by right with cogs and butters. And so if you've got then all three in your forward line, that might be a little bit tricky for some people to navigate. Um, there, I guess the only other thought is like what's, so for someone like in your mate situation where it's really like rosy or below, what are the options below that are reasonable to consider? And I think the only other one that's popped up this week, which George probably won't love, but you know, to win big, you sometimes have to take big risks like a Rosie or like a Kadeen Coleman, someone that we were weighing up in the preseason as an option. So doing a Coleman instead, you get an extra 130 K. Um, you kind of guaranteed extra cash generation than a Rosie might provide, but you know you're not getting a keeper. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be the only other option for someone in that situation. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I like I don't know what it's, your thoughts on that are, if you'd, if you'd look at maybe that mid-price option instead. <laughs> but to me, it feels like downgrading to mid-prices at this part in the year isn't usually something that works or is productive, and it's probably better to either back in Rosie as a keeper, which I don't hate, as a as a oh, it has to be a keeper at the price. Yeah. To so back him in either as a keeper or um or yeah, like maybe just look for a rookie and bank the cash for for a future upgrade. It's actually funny you say that. Like the same mate messaged a couple of hours later saying, "You reckon Kitty Coleman is worth it?" Like he actually messaged that. Which, yeah, like you said, it's not a keeper. You get an extra hundred k. Maybe that helps you for you know a midfield upgrade next week. So it's like, you know, you're still gonna have to be trading Kitty Coleman at some point. I think I'd rather take the risk on Rosie. I think there's no sure. way, dude. You saw what happened when I traded in Aaron Hall off a preseason hamstring. Don't touch Coleman, please. Don't do it. <laughs> no way. Anyway, um, I think we can move Rose, on. Rosie, you, you last opinion, George? Uh, too risky for Supercoach. Send in fantasy. <laughs> I think he's looked good. It's just like a hat. Can he sustain yeah, it's it? it's a really small sample. Yeah. Um, and, and against bad teams. Like, I know Carlton's not bad, but that half that he was playing in the midfield, Carlton were bad. They, they mm, switched Yeah, off. they got ran over. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, can we give a big up to Billy Frampton? Averaging 84 yeah. on the forward line, like 320K, something like that. Um, Key yeah, position, I'd, probably not sustainable. I'd give him a bigger rap if he wasn't affecting Dawson, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on to rookies. Now, rookies are actually pretty important this week because yeah. I, I went Ben Hobbs and I kind of had to panic on that one. I just had, yeah, was stuck. Would have been nice to know the timeline on Roses at the time, but here we are. So um, I think we'll start off with the players that have played two games. So Finn Callahan. I know, JD, you're thinking about bringing him in. Is he in your plans this week? So he was in my plans just because there was no one else. It looked like Hobbs was likely getting dropped or like, uh, yeah, just based on performance in the weekend. And then Roses wasn't going to be back. But uh, like those those things have changed a little bit. Um, it's, it's tricky because I think I'm going to be fielding bad rookies on field this week, which is pretty frustrating. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think... Callahan was in the plans, but it's just 198k. We've seen with Horn Francis, for example, who's played probably better than what you'd expect out of Callahan, didn't make a ton of money. GWS and rookies don't usually mix well together. Um, so, yeah, someone that I was considering just because of lack of other good options. But I'm probably if Roses is playing this week, or even if he's just a test, I don't know. It feels hard to take Callahan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I was looking at him. The, the price just really hurts. You know, going someone cheaper can help me upgrade next week. So, 
Um, we shout out the boy from St. Bates. Never met him in my life because he's like seven years younger than me, but <laughs> went to the same high school. So I hope he goes well. Um, he looked really classy from what I saw, like really classy left footer. So hope he goes right. Yep. Um, Sam Hayes, I think everyone has to get him in. <laughs> Especially now are... with running news. I don't think you, yeah. I don't think any, there's any, there's anyone out there that doesn't have a way to him now. Like, there was Grundy Wits owners going, who the hell do I trade out or just do I skip him? Now, the obvious is there. I guess yeah. if you're a Gorny Wits. <laughs> yes, that's you uh, just tough ride one. that train, I guess. And Yeah, I don't think you yeah, trade that. I think him. you got, yeah. you got the, I don't, yeah, now that Grundy's gone, I think. Wits R1, is, R2, uh, and I assume you yeah. have Proust, so well done. I think you kind of have to skip, unfortunately. Uh, Roses might come back this week. Don't think you have to grab him, and this is going to hurt a few people at F6 for people that have Durden Dixon. Um, I can actually throw Dixon in the ruck line thanks to Grundy. So, uh, yeah, I'm if if Roses plays, I think two one twenty odds in the in the VFL, two seventies in the AFL. Like, I don't really want to pass on a base rookie that can do this. So, doesn't have to do like what two fifties and, and makes hundred case something like yep. that. So, um. I'm bringing him in. Are yeah, we on board? With how dire it looks, I think we almost have to. Wait till teams, of course, but with yeah, yeah. with how dire the cash gen looks, I think it's really hard to pass up. It's just going to hurt that F6. Hopefully Durden plays. I might, you know, might, we might all have to field him against North because it's a good matchup. But yeah. Yeah. It makes me nervous. <laughs> well, well, I, think he could, I think he could be playing VFL Or Dixon hopefully gets up against the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was what Dempsey scored 65 against uh, mm. North on debut. So if he could do that, you'd imagine Durden surely due for like a 60 this week, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's due for a good one. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I think that's the the ones that have on the bubble. bubble. So yeah, I'll bring in Hayes and Roses this week. Um, if Roses plays, if not, I'll probably go early on Greg Clark, who we'll get to in a second. So, so sorry, let's just rate because there's four, right? So Hayes, clear number one. We're saying Roses two. Would you have Hobbs or Callahan at three? I'd probably avoid both. Yeah, mega avoid. I think Hobbs but because I'd say of Callahan. price. I say Hobbs because of price because you not if you're fielding someone, probably Callahan. Um, otherwise, yeah. It's just so hard to come up with like 50K. 50K, yeah. It's a lot. I'm just saying, Kelly, because I don't know. Is Hobbs staying in the team, JD? I don't know. Yeah, question marks. I didn't think he was one of it's our not the right role by for any him, means. It's just, a, it's just a bad role, yeah. He's got to be in the guts, but he just yeah. can't be. So. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I think if Parrish had have actually injured his ankle yeah. for a longer period of time, yeah. then... It would it would make sense probably to have Hobbs maybe even above a Roses, but yeah, mm. I think I think uh, no, nope. yeah, it's hard. And like, it's just I mean, GWS have a good matchup this week for Callahan. It's just hard to trust what GWS is going to do. And at a two hundred k, you want the job security as well as the scoring potential. And I'm yep. not sure either's there. He's playing pure wing, right? So I think he has that yes. position for the moment. I don't. I mean, someone was looking today in the Discord. There's no one really knocking that one down. So I think he might have it. It's just, yeah, price and, yeah, just too much. Yep. So I think the ones that are have played one game, so Paul Curtis and Dempsey played against each other. I think we agree. We liked Curtis a little bit better. Obviously, Dempsey is playing for a better team. Curtis had like three shots on goal. I think it was a one goal three or zero goals three, something like that. One three, yeah, one in the yeah. end, but yeah. 
thought he was all right getting up the ground a bit too so i thought he was good but again you can't expect much from a first year small forward in the worst team probably so yeah uh Dempsey's, think... yeah i think curtis is ahead but dempsey is still interesting i'd have to see him play the third so he's a mean, very yeah. well and be picked for the third oh yeah he um he like was playing basketball for the last four years and only came to back to footy last year. Um, they picked him up and he's just skyrocketed through the preseason. Um, I think Cal Toomey called that he he's going to play like a month ago and said he will come into the team soon. So I think there's high raps. So yeah, definitely. Obviously, with the Geelong, a team like Geelong who aren't renowned for giving them a go, wait to the third game. But I think he could be quite good. But again, another forward only rookie, and it's just like. Yeah, yeah I feel but maybe the... like a Durden to Dempsey in two weeks is what I'm saying, or in a week. Oh, the problem is Durden's at 205k, and I think he's got a pretty poor break even coming off of 14. So 60 break even. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So you're kind of looking for him to reset against North. So I think maybe this, the, this is a difficult part with both of these. If you've got Roses, Durden, and then Dixon, or even if you don't have Durden and you've just got Roses and Dixon, you don't really want to be bringing in one of those small forwards and then having to play one of them or Roses on field yeah, for multiple weeks. Yeah, be ready. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think it, like the re- reality is even if they make it to game three, we're probably passing on them. I think you're up too much points, F6. Yep. Um, Robbie McComb, not good. Give him another chance. I would not go early on him. Played for the Dogs. 102k mature ager. I think he's playing wing, I think. It's like wing half forward. Half the forward, role yeah. wasn't great. You know, given where he would have been racking it up in the VFL. He uh, burnt most of the touches that he got. So uh, not sure he plays this week. If he does, great. We've got another look at him. Look, he's capable of being one we could bring in. I did not like what I saw. Uh, yeah, I'll just give him another week. 102K in the mids, but would be great if he came through for us. Mm-hmm. And... The last one we have here is so I think Greg Clark is kind of expected to play mature age. I think he's 26, put up crazy waffle numbers like 120 plus average. Uh, did he win the uh, MVP in the grand final? I think something he kicked like, like 30 and two or something medal. like that. Yeah, went nuts. 26, 14 tackles, and a couple of goals. Yep. Just looking at it now. So his last two weeks, 18 touches, nine tackles, um, and then 25 touches, seven tackles, and he's gone like 90. Dream team in both. So good signs. And he's a, obviously a tackler, which is really good. So, yeah, one we're all keen on preseason. And Shoulder maybe injury. It's, maybe it's better he's come now, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it some. is, I think. <laughs> yeah. And he's so, one but, I, I yeah. would, against the Tigers, I'd play him yeah. F's, uh, I'd play him M's, uh, M8. Eight, M8 this first game, yeah. I, I, won't go, I won't go early on him because we got Roses and Haze this week. But uh, I think next week uh, I might go early, see how he goes first. But... Fits the profile of someone who should do well, hopefully. Uh, moving on to captains and vice captains. Uh, Clary, for me, VC, if you have Gorn, you can do that. Into McRae against the Dons. What are you thinking, JD? Uh, that is what I had, but I'm really considering uh, wits for the VC this week. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, I, I quite like Crips against North on the Saturday night. I think that's a, a good option. And if you had Steel against Port, I think that's also a good option. So um, quite a lot. lots, of, lots of really good vice-captain options this week. And then, yeah, I think McRae against Essendon seems pretty safe. 
His last three against us are 154, 122, and 137. So, uh, yeah, really good history. Yep, I think I'm VC. Clary, like everyone, expect to probably take it against Hawthorne. And then I think I might be Steele as the backup C. If Porter's sort of continuing with those younger boys in the midfield, I don't think anyone can really run with Jack Steele. So um, I'd be happy to go him or, or, yeah, McRae, see how I feel. But hopefully we don't have to go there. I don't feel 100% comfortable captaining Cripps, but I'd like to VC him, but I'll just do Oliver VC. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and we can all use the Paddy McCartan, I assume, loophole, unless you're trading him out. I think we can hold him. He should be back. Should crawl his way to 300k. Was looking really good, scoring really well. I think it was in like 35 at quarter time, I want to say, or in the early second quarter. And yeah, unfortunately, he always is, because, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's he's oh. top 10 in the league for intercepts. Yeah, he's been awesome. Yeah, he was on track for easily a 60 plus. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. I think I might hold him through the bias because I actually need him. My second say, you need easy. someone yeah. at D seven once you yeah. know once we're going on because there's ain't I don't think there's any defender rookies coming in um for the rest of the season. I was having a look yesterday and obviously, you know, there might be, but I don't see any performing in the VFL or any or other leagues and oh, looking like they're coming wait. in. But hasn't hasn't Gould been really good? Yeah, I know it's a bit of a meme at this that, point. It is but, a meme. Yeah. How does he get into that team? But well McCartney. McCartan uh, out, right? Yeah, but he wouldn't hmm. be long term. So, yeah. no. But if he plays well enough, I don't know. Is yeah. there someone else you could displace in that? Probably not. Actually, thinking about it, it's not not going to be either of the brothers because he's sort of like your medium tool. Yeah, 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 yeah. You never know; someone might pop up. Um, Charlie yeah, Dean, I think, still five weeks away. I think three or four. I think now, and then okay. there is a GWS guy, Fahey. Don't know how to say yeah. it. Yeah. So he's been getting mid twenties every week up the top. Don't know if okay. he gets in though, but he's a defender in Supercoach. Yep. Anyway, yeah, just something to think about. So I think before we head off, I think I forgot to speak about. It, I think um, getting in players in the first buy round. Um, but yeah, before we sign off. Um, so for example, Jack Steele. So we're not getting him next. We're getting Oliver this week. So then it will be rounds eight, nine, ten, eleven, four weeks. Uh, would you bring in someone like a Steel or Walsh or Doherty now, JD? Or would you um, wait till after their buy? I'm waiting till after their buy for pretty much all of them. I think I've already got six premiums that are in the first buy round. And that's a pretty good number. Don't really want to go up um, much above that. The only exception would be if for some reason someone's at a very discounted price and then was going to have a, a you know, best of the up and then maybe for cash reasons you might, but I can't really see that happening in the next four weeks to the point that um, you'd be trying to jump on them before their buy round. I don't have Crips and he's 520 and by the yes. buy, he might be 600 again. So yes, I would be getting Crips that is, this week. Yeah, or, and I have to next. go Clary next this week, don't I? Uh, yeah. Yes, just because Crips break even is still big, so but yes, Crips get... is the one. Well, especially because the midfield is where most people aren't going to be stacked with those... Um, by round players, Swans. So, in like, because you don't have um, like Blues, GWS, Richmond, Port, Essendon, and then St Kilda. St Kilda, yeah, yeah. So, if you've got Steel, it's like it's really Steel and Crips. 
Um, those are the two that people would have in their midfields. Um, like, you know, there's the occasional parish owner or something like that. But but realistically, like that is the one place where you could get another um, early buy round player and it'd be okay. So yeah, Crips is still the one next week that I'd be pulling in just to ease value. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. All right. I think we'll sign off now. I do apologize. First 15 minutes or so, we were struggling thanks to the this new JD that came out. But, uh, JD, pleasure as always. Uh, look, the joy in life is becoming a person you're proud of and I'm proud of each time I work out of these podcasts. So thank you, boys. I can't wait for you to hang up your live, laugh, love, love <laughs> uh, thing in the poster in the background next week. Eno, <laughs> um, pleasure, pleasure as always. Yeah, I can't. I got nothing, mate. I, I don't have any quotes for you. So oh, I've got another one. That's good. No. You only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. <laughs> Just end it. <laughs> yep. All right. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.